Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. and 99.3 WBT. Brett Jensen here with you on this Wednesday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. 704-570-1110 is the telephone number, and we will be taking your phone calls tonight, or I will be soliciting your phone calls tonight and get your thoughts on a couple of things. And guys, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And a lot of things that we're going to get into tonight and uh, just... We'll get into the New Year's Eve thing that happened uptown at Ramir Bearden Park, uh, which I always still laugh that we named a park after a guy that lived the first three months of his life in Charlotte and never came back. I actually had to look up like who, who Ramir Bearden was. Uh, an artist, a, you know, uh, a well-known African-American artist, lived his first three months in Charlotte, never came back. Hey, let's name a city park after him. All right. All right. Let's, let's do that. Um, so we're going to get into what happened New Year's Eve because I got some perspectives about that. And I put out something yesterday on X that, as of six hours ago, had 13,500 views. Hmm. So it, it gained some headway and some traction. So we'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk about the David Tepper situation. Find $300,000. People saying it's a slap on the wrist, it's not. It's not even close to slap on the wrist. It's not even plucking an eyebrow here. Eyebrow here. Like, this was nothing. It was like if I went up to George and said, all right, George, give me $5. $300,000 for a man worth $20 billion. Do the math. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, here you go. Here's five bucks. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about that situation. And because David Tepper, once again... Just a couple months or just a month after he made national news for many people thinking that he was just out of line for firing Frank Reich midseason with the one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL right there with probably having the worst skill positions in the NFL. And for those of you not football adept, it would be. Skill positions are quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. The ones that make the plays. The worst, if not like, or close to the worst in the NFL. You could easily argue that it would either be them or maybe uh, New England. Maybe. But they had a decent running back in Ramadre Stevenson. Carolina Panthers, you, you don't even have that. But... We'll get into that. And then, I don't know how everyone else spent their Christmas week. 
I spent mine in the hospital with surgery. So it's been 10 days since I've spoken to you guys coming from this uh, studio. So we've got a lot to get into, but like I said, I am going to take your phone calls. And we're going to start tonight with what happened New Year's Eve at Romere Bearden Park. And five people were shot, none seriously injured. Well, Brett, it's only serious because you weren't the one shot. Well, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. They always say, what, a routine operation? It's only routine if it's not you, um, is the theory. But five people shot with non-life-threatening injuries. I think a $1.5 million bond was set for that person. And the, mom, and the person's 18. And the mom's like, oh, he's, you know, he's just, he's an angel. I, I don't know what happened. But that same night, a 15-year-old arrested, guns, uh, given, uh, driving a car underage illegally up there at Ramirez Bearden Park or that vicinity and was given an ankle monitor, was allowed to go home, but was given an ankle monitor. Now. People keep saying, well, gee, I wonder why in the Charlotte City Council and Charlotte City Center Partners and the Charlotte Regional Business Association and the Charlotte Regional, what? Like, there's like 18 different, the Chamber of Commerce is like 15 different things uptown for businesses in uptown. This is why no one wants to go uptown. This is why. Like, uptown is done. Until you actually allow police officers to arrest people and then have a district attorney not dismiss the charges, until you do that, sorry, sorry. I mean, this is not, this is never going to get better. And I feel and fear both that uptown, other than the people that go there that are in from out of town, that are staying in the hotels uptown for business or the people that already have condos or apartments uptown, done. It's done. Uptown's done. Something may, is it lost? No, it's not lost. Certain places are lost. Detroit's lost. Baltimore's lost. Memphis is lost. St. Louis is close, but definitely East St. Louis. Camden. They're all lost. But Charlotte because this has happened so recently, this happened before George Floyd and the riots. People wouldn't go uptown because of the people that were going uptown. People stopped going there. People, there was this mass exodus of uptown. All the millennials that are now in their 30s, when they were in their 20s, guess where they lived? Uptown. They all lived in apartments uptown. And the crime started happening, and the crime started happening, and all the horrible crimes and the, the muggings and the stabbings and everything else going on and the assaults going on at the epicenter uptown. So what did they do? They moved to what is now called Millennial Row, South Boulevard, South End. That's where they all moved to, to get away from all the crap that is going on in uptown. I, I don't go uptown. I don't. Unless I have to do something for work, I don't go uptown. People are like, hey, do you want to go uptown and uh, grab a dinner or someplace? No. No, I don't. No, not at all. I would rather drive to Huntersville or Ballantyne, and I live in the South Park area, than go uptown. I would rather drive 25 minutes out of my way each way than go uptown. No, thank you.
I'm good. No, no desire, no plans to ever, ever go up there again. And here's the other thing, the crime. There were young kids shooting people, having guns. And everyone seemed to be up in arms about this. I don't know why you are. I don't know why. Yes. Do I get why the media is making a big deal out of this? Yes. But if there's a single person in the media who thinks this is a surprise that it happened in Charlotte, then you're, you're, I mean, you're just a horrible media person because you don't understand. You don't have your finger on the pulse of Charlotte. You don't understand Charlotte. You live in some utopian pie-in-the-sky world. What I put on Twitter yesterday afternoon, almost 25 hours ago, was this is not a shock to anybody. The fact that this happened in Charlotte, that five people were shot on New Year's Eve, and 10 people shot near and around Romeo Beard Park in 2023. So 10 people in all of 2023, five people New Year's Eve, right? The shock would have been if nothing happened. That would have been the shock. That's what you're just like, okay? But this is Charlotte now. I mean, this is what we, this is, I have told you for a year and a half. Charlotte is on the verge of being Atlanta, Memphis, Detroit, New Orleans, Baltimore. I've been saying this for a long time. When Charlotte went hardcore blue, not not having a Democrat mayor, not even having a Democrat city council, because you could have that. But the fact that there's zero Republican county commissioners, only one Republican on the school board and two on the city council. Hardcore, hardcore blue. You get all the white people voting uh, for the Democrats, voting for African-Americans. A lot of it is because they're hardcore blue themselves, but also a lot of it's out of white guilt because they want to perceive themselves as being woke and, hey, you know, hey, I'm cool and I'm hip. Okay. All right. That's, that's great. But when you govern, when you elect officials, that is, there's no of how things can go. It's just, it's always going to go one way. And why is Pat Cotham? The county commissioner, why is she viewed as an outlier? Why do a lot of hardcore Democrats actually dislike her? Because she actually votes with her brain, not going, okay, I'm a Democrat, therefore I have to vote this certain way. I'm just going to toe the line and go. She doesn't do that. She doesn't do that. She votes her conscience, not her party. So this is not, but when you have hardcore blue elected officials, you're going to have hardcore blue city results. It's just, just the way it is. Name me a hardcore blue city. Hardcore blue city. And Charlotte's still in the infancy stage in that area. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Pat McCrory won seven terms as mayor. It wasn't that long ago. So Charlotte's still in that infancy stage in terms of being hardcore blue. But you can see the results every single year getting worse. But name me one hardcore blue city we go, man, that's a great place. New York's a disaster. Chicago's a disaster. Minneapolis is a disaster. L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, they're all disasters. Austin's becoming that way in Austin, Texas. Used to be the number one place in America to move and live to. 
Not anymore. It's turned into mini San Francisco. So the fact of if you're surprised that what happened Wednesday night, that just tells me that you don't have a grasp on what Charlotte really is. I mean, we are talking about a city in 2020 on Juneteenth, the celebration on Betty's Ford Road, 150 rounds were fired by one machine gun. One machine gun. I mean, everything you hear was an AK-47 or was an Uzi. Like, it was not your standard, like, an actual, a real-life machine gun. No arrests have been made. No arrests. This is Charlotte, and it all started about 2018 or 2019 when the murder rate went from 58 to, like, over 100, and it's been that way since 28 for the last five years. That's when it started. So we'll take your phone calls if we want to. If you guys want to chime in, more than happy to, 704-570-1110. I am Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock. We're going to take your phone calls, and then we're going to get into my thoughts about the David Tepper situation, and then... Finally, I had surgery on my elbow. If you guys remember back during the summer, it was a very painful thing that I was going through with playing golf with Jim Zoki and a couple others, and it was just a bad situation. Well, I had surgery one week ago today, and uh, they sewed back the tendon in my elbow and reattached it to my bone. But we'll, But it's not the surgery that I want to talk about. I want to talk about everything that transpired after the surgery that was comical and frustrating. All right, let's go to the phones. And we bring in John. Thanks for calling, John. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, Brett. Happy New Year. And I just got to tell you, buddy, my God, you just need to take that and can it, play it nationally, your opening monologue, straight to the bone, my friend. You have laid it out. You have talked about every blue city in America, and they are blue, and they are a disaster. And Charlotte is that way. You threw the former governor and mayor a compliment. He got this city rolling. And look what has happened once he got voted out and they started bringing in the riffraff. It has gone to crap. And with that being said, you, you put the politicians on the carpet. And I, and I say this, and it's, it's the politicians, it's the chief of police, it's the DA, it's the judges, it's every dang gum one of them. They all need to come on your program and bring their little notepad full of accomplishments. And I'm going to tell you right now, that notepad is going to be empty. They don't have a damn accomplishment under their belt that they can tow or they can loud as successful. We are in a world of hurt across America, and this city is right there with it. And until these politicians change their legislative ways and they put ordinances on the books, the state legislators put ordinances on the books that strip sheriffs, DAs, judges, and make everything mandatory, that pendulum will finally, possibly, start to swing back to the middle and back to the right. And this is the key thing to remember. 
whatever piece of legislation these ding-dongs vote on and, and, and enact, they can always undo later. So when you put something, when you put something out there, if it serves its purpose and it's no longer relevant, then you can repeal it and replace it. You don't have to have it until when Christ comes back to take, take us all away to heaven. You can repeal it and get rid of it. But right now, there is so much garbage on the books. We are in a world of hurt, and it's not guns. I've already heard counsel talk about guns. No, it's not guns, guys. Guns don't do things by themselves. It's the people behind the trigger. But John, your monologue, brother, that needs to be utilized and sent across America. John, I really appreciate the kind comments, bud, and thanks for listening, and thanks for calling, buddy. I, I really do appreciate it. There are a few things. Boston is a hard blue state and city. Like we know that. Although they have elected Republican governors like Mitt Romney. Okay. Difference with Boston is they actually are extremely tough on crime. Like you don't see the issues happening in New York, Chicago, elsewhere, Minneapolis happening in Boston. Deep blue. But their police force is genuinely backed, and you don't have the issues there. Yes, of course there's crime, and of course there's murders. It's Boston. It's a big, big city. It's a major metropolitan area. But you don't have the issues there that you do in other places. So, and you said, and here's the other thing. I don't even think Charlotte needs to be conservative. I, I would never say that. But Charlotte needs to be middle. Less than 30% of all people that live in Charlotte are actually from Charlotte. That means 70%, more than 70%, are from somewhere else. Now, maybe they're from Salisbury, but they're also probably from Ohio or Pennsylvania or New York. Yeah, Indiana, exactly. So that's the thing. It's not, you need to be the middle of the road because what is Charlotte? The, there are more Democrats than anything else in Mecklenburg County. Number two is unaffiliated. And they're not even trying to placate to the unaffiliated. They're just not. Thanks for calling, Ed, and thanks for holding, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, I love your show, Brett. Um, John, man, he was really, wow, he was pumped. That's uh, to say I the least. I wanted to say, <laughs> I'm sorry, go No, I was going to say to say the least, yeah. Yeah, he was worked up. So from a practical point of view, I just wanted to say, the MPD's down 400 officers. Almost 600. Mecklenburg Sheriff's Office is down so low that they put their road officers working in the courthouse. I think the biggest part of that is due to how low morale is based on what the DA does. If you, do, if you just look back a couple of weeks, Christina Pierre and Anthony Lee, who yep. were legitimately smoking marijuana at a bus stop and then resisting arrest, you ask yourself, would somebody who laid on her hands and put up a fight like that be the kind of person that would hide a gun at a New Year's Eve party? Yeah. Well, they had a concealed if, weapon. If he, her, her boyfriend or husband had a concealed yeah, weapon. Yeah. Mr. Uh, sorry, Anthony Lee had a concealed gun. We have to assume that the, the DA gave it back to him and put him on the streets and dismissed all those charges. Very well could have been his gun at this New Year's Eve party. If your DA doesn't take crime seriously... At the officer's level, we're never going to fix this. This problem will continue and get worse and continue and continue because <clears throat> God bless them. But if you hug those thugs, they're just going to keep thugging. That, that's where I'm at.
And I appreciate the phone call, Ed, and I'd, I'd let you stay on a little bit longer if I didn't have to go to the news break. But there are a lot of people that are still upset at Spencer Merriweather. You hear the police chief, you know, Kerr Putney and now Johnny Jennings, you know, a lot of times go after them. But it's, you know what, it's also the judges. I think more than a lot of things, it's the judges and the magistrates that allow a lot of these things to happen. But we'll continue taking your phone calls as soon as we come back. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Jensen, and we're going up until 8 o'clock, 704-570-1110, and we've been taking your phone calls, and coming up shortly, we'll get into the David Tepper situation and my thoughts on that, and then also we'll get into what transpired with me last week. The surgery was fine, like whatever, no big deal, but it's everything that transpired after the surgery that was just a massive hit in the gut, like I did not see coming, and it was comical and a disaster at the exact same time. Uh, let's see here. We go to Andre. Thanks for calling, Andre. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Yeah, I was, uh, the guy, he said something uh, about uh, hugging the thugs. They're going to just keep thugging. Okay. Remember the, the caller that called in? You remember uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so, what? what's the, um, okay, so what is the thug? What? What is, can, let, it seemed, it seemed to me, it seemed like you was kind of in agreement with that comment. So I was figuring that you could probably answer that yourself. I mean, what, okay. what's the thug? Well, okay, so what, yeah, what Andre, for, yeah, Andre, I can, I can give you my perspective on it. I don't know, I can't speak for him, but I can give you my perspective right. on it. Right. Uh, my perspective is this: so a thug, as we know, is a violent or an aggressive right. person, someone that is a, a criminal or has a criminal past. That is a terrorizer. We understand that. So we all know what that is. It's, it's, it can be a dangerous person. It can be a violent person. It can be someone who's trying to commit a crime, whether they're uh, mugging you or they're going to break into your house or they're going to break into your car or whatever. So we, we, I think we can all pretty much agree on what a thug is. I think we can. Okay, that, that, so, so that include like they, they may steal your money. They may do any 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 kind of thing like that that's evil. That's what you. That's yeah, pretty much a criminal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, a criminal. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. hundred percent. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Because because mainly, you know, I knew I know the news cycle has uh, had some um, pretty much damaging news about some situations in uh, uh, North Carolina, Greensboro. I think it was uh, where you have the racial murder you know what i'm saying not racial as 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 somebody was being racial but because it's a white and black uh uh entity and it's a cop uh, who uh lost his life yep uh and you have you have this uh 18 year old boy that uh is uh, uh 
suspected of, of shooting this officer. So, by the way, Andre, by the way, can I give you a compliment real quick? I want to give you a compliment. Uh, I want to give you a compliment. I want to say I, 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 I'm glad that you use the term boy for an 18-year-old. Every 18, 19, 20-year-old in my brain still is a boy. Like, in my brain, I still view them as young, like, not, not children, but as, like, I don't, view, I don't view them in my brain as full adult grown men. And when you said an 18-year-old boy, I was just over here nodding my head. Because in my, in my brain, because I'm still, you know, I'm in my you know, early 50s, that's, I still view 18-year-olds as, as, uh, as youngins, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I would. I mean, most of the time, that's the, in America anyway. That's eighteen year old. You, you're about to graduate high school, right? For the most part, right? So, but, but no, but uh, so but, I think but, what he meant was, and what I think he meant, or at least what I, the way I interpreted it was, that if you keep hugging criminals, and you know, slapping their wrist or something like that, and not really holding them accountable that they're going to keep being criminals because they're getting away with it. And that's the way I took it, uh, took his, if you keep hugging thugs, they're going to keep thugging. That's the way I took his, his, his statement. Right, 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 right. I know. I, 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 I get it. I totally get it and understand where you're coming from and, and, and pretty much where that guy was coming from. But I think sometimes, uh, uh, Still, things need to be defined so you can get a clearer picture of, uh, you know, what those thoughts were. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I totally get you, Andre. I totally get it. Totally get it, bud. Okay. Hey, well, thanks, thanks very much. Hey, thanks for calling the show, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. So, like I said, it's a, it's a hot topic, and it's a passionate topic, and I understand why people are passionate about it. I totally get it, and you should be. This is your city. This is your city. You should care what happens here. You totally should care. But at the exact same point, you know, I, there's not a lot that can be done unless people decide to change the leaders. Whether it's with the Charlotte City Council and, you know, they put in or a new mayor and they put in a new city manager who then decides to put in a new police chief or there's someone else. That's uh, that you think would be tougher on crime in the district attorney's office. You know, I mean, but don't forget, CMPD is short over 500 officers. Like last I heard, there was, it was close to like 550 for this last recruiting class. That's what I've been told internally. So, um, but again, that's that's what's going on in the city, and things aren't going to change. They're either always going to get progressively, incrementally worse. It's just going to happen. Was Baltimore always a rat hole? No. No. D.C. used to be a rat hole. D.C. was a god-awful place. And they cleaned up D.C. They cleaned up D.C. Washington, D.C. used to be a horrible place. But look at all the places that used to be just absolutely fantastic that nobody wants any part of anymore. New York, Chicago, L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, Austin is becoming that way. Like I said, Austin, Texas. So Memphis, people used to love Memphis. Not anymore. Not anymore. Detroit, you want no part of Detroit. So it, it doesn't happen overnight. Although in Charlotte's case, it damn near did. 
In 2018, there were 58 murders. 2018, there were 58 murders. Two years later, there were over 120. And we're pretty much right at the 100, 110 mark every single year. I think we're a little bit down this year in terms of the numbers. Um, might be the lowest, like I say lowest, and you have to put everything in perspective. But since the, I think it's the lowest since 2018. I think it was this year, like maybe, like I don't know, last I saw it was like maybe in the high 60s, low 70s. I mean, even if it's around 80, that's actually a win for Charlotte. That's actually a win for Charlotte. Uh, let's see here. Jay, thanks for calling, Jay. I appreciate you holding, bud. Hey, I love what you do for Charlotte. Thank uh, you, sir. I've been here for a long time. I've, I grew up out at West. I've lived close to Detroit, so I've kind of seen it, you know, over the years. And uh, But uh, when I was a kid, we were selling drugs, lots of drugs. And uh, we were 18, and we got busted. We got busted hard. And I did, I, out of all that, I did six months, uh, just enough time for me to take time out in my life and be like, what am I doing? And now... Here I am, fast forward. That was 35 years ago. Fast forward. Uh, successful, successful business owner? Like, it blows my mind. It's redirected me. But if I was getting away with what these kids are getting away with, I never would have changed. Never. Not for, you know, it blows my mind. Jay, I'm uh, curious. Anyway, you, Jay, say. I'm curious. When you got busted, how much, how, what, what were you selling or using, and how much did you have? We were selling, and we, got, we had uh, four ounces of crystal meth. So it was a big bust. And uh, we were lucky. And I didn't have a lawyer or nothing. I did my time like a man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a, so, uh, you know, I can't, legally I can't carry, you know, because of that. But it, that doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's a lesson I learned, the timeout that I got. And uh, that's what I needed at that time. And uh, that's, that's what these kids need. And they're not going to get it. So they're not going to get that slap or whatever. The timeout, it's adult timeout away from your friends and your bad influences and you think. And uh, you bump into your friends in jail and you're like, well, you're a loser, you're a loser. You realize I'm a loser too. But you get out and you straighten it. So I don't know. I appreciate what you do and I agree with everything you're saying about Charlotte too. I've been here since 05 and I've seen the city go down the drain. Or, or, you know, it's bad. It's getting real bad. But I, I didn't mean to take over. No, you're fine, Jay, and uh, don't be a stranger. I appreciate it, buddy. You're on top of it, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Jay. So, and and uh, and I love Charlotte, and Charlotte's been so good to me. That's all I can say. You know, it's uh, and just just keep the faith, no matter what. Appreciate so. Jay. Thanks, buddy. Really good call there. Let's see. Let's go to Matt. Thanks for calling, Matt. I appreciate it, bud. Rick and Brett, uh, happy new year, man. Glad uh, you made it out of the hospital alive. Hopefully you'll get your uh, swing back. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, uh, I just want to make a quick comment about uh, that, what, he's 18, 19-year-old that uh, shot five people downtown. I, I, I pay attention to stuff like census, you know, and cities and stuff like that. And if I'm not mistaken, Charlotte is the third largest city on the eastern seaboard at uh, uh, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Um, Baltimore, Boston, Jacksonville, Miami, they all have hovering around a half million people. I think Charlotte's around a million people. Yeah, uh, when you talk about just city limits, not necessarily the county that's up there, but, I mean, obviously Atlanta's way, way bigger, like three times as yeah. size as Charlotte, well, four times okay. the size. But let's just, for, for all intents and purposes, let's just say Charlotte is the third largest city on the Eastern Seaboard. 
do you think Iran would have a problem paying somebody at $1.5 million, which is what that kid's bail was set at? Do you think they'd have a problem paying somebody $1.5 million, bail them out of jail, and take them back to Iran as a national hero for shooting up a New Year's Eve festival at the third largest city on the eastern seaboard? No, but I, I wonder how many of these 18-year-olds would actually go to Iran. Like, let's, let's be honest. I mean, who's going to Iran? Like, 18-year-olds, they're not going away from their friends, their family, or whatever, what little family they may or may not have. They're, as they right. like to say, their baby's mama, all that stuff. Like, yeah. I, I don't see them. I don't see them doing that. I don't. It, it, it does kick a door open, though, for the lunatic fringe, though, doesn't it? It does, but you could say that about just about, you know, you could say that about the 45-year-old um, just as much as you could the 18-year-old. Yeah, you're right. Well, you rock anyway. Happy New Year. Love your show. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's get one more in here before the break, and we got Mark who's been holding. Thanks for calling, Mark. Hey, Brad. Um, yeah, we crossed paths back uh, when we were both unemployed, and the resume gimmick yep. I had to stay away because we had too many similarities. But listen, my question is, don't you have to check the box for crime and murder and stuff like that to be a world-class city? Isn't that a prerequisite? You would think. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Of course. Seriously, um, it it has gotten crazy, and uh, I don't know until they kind of sweep house and and um, get some new folks in who are serious about serious matters. Uh, I don't know. This is going to change. Well, and I don't think it will, and I appreciate the phone call, bud. Thanks for calling. Look, I'm telling you, Charlotte's in that breaking. Charlotte's right on the edge right now. And it could fall over and just keep tumbling and tumbling down the hill and getting progressively worse with each passing month and year. Or it can maintain its balance like a tightrope walker while using that long pole to regain its balance and actually, like, prevent Charlotte from going downhill. Not saying be conservative, not saying be Republican. I'm not talking about that. But you can right the wrong of where you're headed by saying, you know what? If Marcus Jones isn't going to be serious about our, our police state or police department or the mayor or the city council, let's find others who are. I'm not saying they are, not saying they aren't, but I'm saying if they aren't. You get the city council, new city council members, you get a new city manager, whatever the case may be, who may put more pressure on the police chief. Say, all right, here's what we want. And if you don't, you're out. Tough on crime. Or, or, or you can become Memphis, Minneapolis, Baltimore, New Orleans. That's what you can become. And once you become that, there's no turning back. You cannot right the ship. You just can't. Unless it takes you... 15 years like it took Washington, D.C. All right, everyone, when we come back, I appreciate all the phone calls. When we come back, let's get into a little bit of the David Tepper, and then we'll finish up a little bit with surgery. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. we got about oh, five more minutes or so here on Breaking with Brett Jensen before we send you off here tonight. It's good to be back in studio. It's good to be back. Uh, David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers, fined $300,000 for throwing a drink. 
I would expect that number to be much higher. First of all, I'm a little surprised the NFL didn't get a little bit higher because in 2009, the owner of the then uh, Houston Texans, then owner Bud Adams, gave the double bird salute in 2009, 14 years ago, and that was $250,000. That wasn't physical contact. And so think about physical contact, post-COVID, saliva, backwash, throwing it on someone, and then also think of inflation. Okay, but how's it, how's it not $500,000 or maybe a game suspension? Here's the difference. Suspend the owner from a game, from go, a, a, a game where he can't go to the stadium, he still collects his money. Suspend a player of a game, he loses that game day's salary, that paycheck. Big difference, isn't it? Big difference. But yet, the NFL says we hold our owners to a higher standard than the players. No, you don't. No, no you don't. No, you don't. Uh, David Tepper finally put out a statement that was extremely weak by the Carolina Panthers, by the way, to wait this long before they actually put it out. Extremely weak by the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if that was David Tepper's or his PR staff. And I know both of us, I know the two main PR people over there, and I can tell you it was a failed move, what they did, waiting this long. I understand not putting out something out that night, Sunday night. I get it. But how you didn't do it Monday morning is completely egregious why not get ahead of the situation why did you wait till the nfl came out with their punishment like that's unless the nfl point blank called david tepper and said do not say a word which i would be very surprised about because owners say whatever they want whenever they want because they're actually roger goodell's the commissioner's boss they're actually his boss so i don't know it's a but it was a horrible move by the Panthers. Like, I don't know who did that, Crisis Management 101, but they failed miserably. Failed miserably. Um, so, but I say expect it to be a lot more because there will be a lawsuit or probably assault charges filed because it is assault. Um, it's no different than spitting on someone. I heard someone say today, an NFL player said today, I'd rather you punch me in the face than spit on me. And I actually heard one of the NFL players said that today. So, um, you can file assault charges, and uh, don't be surprised if the person that got splashed with that little bit of like a quarter a cup of water or whatever it was David was drinking, Sprite, whatever. Oh, my neck. Oh, the, the ice cube hit my eye. I'm blind. Oh, you can see that coming. So David may have to write another check. I'm sure he will. And he does not care. Does not care. But I will tell you right now. Nationally, David Tepper is the laughing stock of the NFL, of all the owners, because of everything that he's done. I mean, he is. Whether you like him or not, the national media is mocking him openly nonstop. Like, they're waiting for him to screw up every chance he gets so they can make fun of him even more. And what worries me, because he's so uh, emotionally fragile, hair tr- you know, a hair trigger, Who's to say he's not going to pick up this team and move if he gets pissed off? When, I'm telling you, between the, what's going on with the stadium and what happened in Rock Hill and Eastland Mall, just telling you. Uh, real quick, so I had surgery one week ago today. I got the cast off today and my arm removed and uh, from, from the brace where it was attached to my torso. And they gave me something called a nerve blocker. I'd never, it's sort of like an epidural. And they gave me a shot at my shoulder. And it made my entire arm numb. Like you could have chopped it off. 
I never would have felt it. Like, numb, numb. Like, Novocaine dentist numb. Epidural numb. And so I had it dead on, but the problem was it lasted for about 26, 27 hours. When your hand goes to sleep or your foot goes to sleep, you get that tingling sensation. That's the way my hand felt for 28 straight hours. I got no sleep the first night, but I'm now I'm trying to do everything left-handed. I haven't shaved in a week. I look like Grizzly Adams, almost halfway to George's beard. And, you know, because you can't shave left-handed, like with a razor, like I'd, I'd destroy my face with the razors. And then also trying to eat and open things up with left-handed. It's just been a disaster. So, um, but we're back and starting next week, I got to start physical therapy. They sewed my tendon back together and reattached it to my bone. So that's what I was told today. All right, everyone, have a great day and a great rest of the night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.